Hello and welcome to Channel 17's Town Meeting Television and another candidate forum for the general election. I'm Matt Kelly, your host for tonight's interview and uh, conversation with uh, candidates for Auditor of Accounts. We have Democrat Doug Hoffer joining us as well as Liberty Union candidate Marina Brown. Richard Kenyon, Republican, was unable to join us this evening. He is running. His name will be on the ballot. Time for opening statements and Marina will begin with you please. Hi, I'm Marina Brown. I'm running for, uh, for Auditor. Um, my focus in running for the Office of Auditor is transparency. Um, the job of the auditor, as Doug will probably explain, it involves very auditing various aspects of the state. Um, my interest is in transparency. I, I believe that the state has a long way to, be, to go in order to be properly transparent. We've made a lot of strides in the last few years, but there's still over 250 exemptions in the public records law. The office of the auditor is not normally used in, to, in the service of transparency. However, I would like to add an additional audit that would audit the transparency of the state. And I would use the office of the auditor to expose data to the public. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that are exempt from public records. Types of software is exempt from the public's view. Uh, database structures, these should not be exempt. Like um, this, the public should know what type of software is being used because their privacy is at risk if software is compromised. Um, database structure likewise should not be kept private because we, the public needs to know what is being kept um, about them and from them. And I also want to promote the use of open source software with this in the state. Open source software makes the entire world the auditor of the software. And software like accounts need to be audited for safety. And that's what I would like to do if, should I be chosen as the auditor. Very good. Marina Brown, thank you so much. Uh, Doug Hoffer, your opening statement, please. Thank you. First, a correction. I'm running as a Democrat and a progressive. It's all right, not a big deal. Um, been on the job six years. I'm still enjoying it. I have a great staff. The work we do, I think, uh, achieves three important goals. One, it provides uh, important information to managers to help them do a better job. Uh, second, it provides information to policymakers so they can make better informed decisions. And finally, it provides information to the general public, which, uh, as Marina noted, doesn't always have easy access to information about how state government works. And I might add, uh, with regard to all those exemptions to the Public Records Act, I'm responsible for one of them. Uh, after I came in, uh, I was uh, contacted by a number of state employees who said they would be more inclined to uh, provide information about what's happening in their departments if they weren't fearful of retaliation. Mm. And at that time, if anybody contacted my office and said, give me the names of all the people, the whistleblowers who've contacted you, I would have had to give it to them. So I got the legislature to agree to let me protect the names of those who prefer to be anonymous. So that's another one I threw in there. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're moving right on. We have a, a complete list of questions. The candidates have been provided these questions ahead of time. Uh, a reminder, if you do have a question for Doug or Marina, you're invited to dial us up at 862-3966. And a welcome to all our viewers enjoying our online stream at ch17.tv. Uh, Doug, we'll go right on uh, to you, if we may. Um, I'm looking for a Vermont report card. How is the state doing in terms of 
its job, meeting the needs of its citizens. In that's, your viewpoint, that's how a would big you say question. That? Uh, first, there's the financial side. Then there's the provision of services, mm -hmm. and our office is trying to answer both of those. On the financial side, for what it's worth, and this might surprise some people, we're doing reasonably well. We do have a balanced budget every year. Uh, that's a, a matter of cooperation between the administration and the legislature. Uh, the uh, CAFR, the so-called CAFR, the Audit of the State's financial statements, is clean. We are a AAA-rated state. Uh, generally, we do okay. Uh, there are people who disagree with how the money is spent or how much is collected, but on balance, we do all right. As for performance, that's where we come in. And I come from a policy background, and I was hoping in the office we could do more programmatic uh, performance audits, which is basically what we do. And I should tell people if they don't know, we don't do the perform the um, compliance audit that the federal government requires. It's called the A133 or the financial audit. We farm those out to an audit firm. That leaves us free to do performance auditing, which is a lot more fun and the only reason I would consider keeping or getting the job in the first place. So the performance audits are both of the nuts and bolts of state government and ideally of programs. You know, you're a program director and the legislature created a program and said, here's some money, here are our objectives and goals. My job then is to say, have you achieved those objectives and goals as stated by the legislature? That's often very difficult because the data is hard to get. So looking ahead, I'd like to do more programmatic audits, but on the financial side, we do pretty well. Okay. Uh, Marina, uh, a report card uh, from your viewpoint, outside looking in, uh, how is the state doing financially and uh, meeting the needs of its citizens in its programs? Well, uh, I don't, uh, I have not had time to look at financial data like Doug has, but I look at more the problems. I see the problems I see are overpriced software that should have been perhaps done with open source software that would have been less expensive. I see a great deal of trouble in the prison systems. If I were elected uh, auditor, I would be grinding the prison system down. And as far as exemptions for, for, um, for employees, I don't believe that people who, who deal with the public in a position of power should have exemptions on their employment data. This means prison guards. This means if I'm elected, I don't believe my information be, should be kept private. Maybe where I live, the stuff where I could be targeted. I don't believe police officers' uh, um, job stuff should be remain private. They are servants of the public. Um, these are problems I see. Um, I see people in power able to hide in behind these exemptions. Mm. I will agree with Doug that whistleblowers should always be protected. And I, the, to do that, I advocate the use of software like SecureLeaks or GlobalLeaks. Mm -hmm. so, SecureLeaks, and it, it allows people to anonymously um, whistleblow without fear of somebody dropping their IP address. It's, um, there's, T times when technological uh, uh, things should be used uh, in the service of privacy, and there's times when social um, methods are used in the defense of privacy. It should be privacy for the individual mm. and transparency for the government, and that includes government employees.
Okay. Uh, Doug, uh, Marina has uh, raised some issues regarding transparency and some specific issues regarding software that we use, the databases that we use. Uh, can you, in your role, speak to that and address some of the issues that she's brought up in terms of, uh, you know, the, the privacy concerns, the transparency, uh, and that fine line that has to be drawn between the two here? Well, I'm... I appreciate the interest, but my uh, focus would be more on the state's, I wouldn't say failure, but lack of success in rolling out major IT programs mm. over the last 10 or 15 years. Mm. Uh, what you describe is part of that, but they've made a number of decisions in the judiciary, in tax, in DMV, and some other places, big systems, multi-million dollar systems, yeah. and of course Vermont Health Connect, uh, that were not managed terribly well. Mm. Uh, maybe some choices were made that it could have been improved if they had had additional assistance from professionals. But we're headed in that direction. I think uh, the desire and the, and the intent of uh, consolidating all of that into one agency, which is called ADS now, the Agency of Digital Services, mm. was well intended. I don't know that they planned that properly. There's a lot more work to be done, and they need to be audited because they're a new entity uh, and all should be monitored. But the tax department, for example, is on, I think, their third IT system in mm -hmm. 20 years. Yeah. Uh, we are about to initiate uh, or are considering initiating an audit at uh, DMV, which is now working with a new IT system, which doesn't talk to some of the other systems. Mm -hmm. The big elephant in the room is at the Agency of Human Services, which has a system called Access, which is about 30 years old. And uh, it's very important. It's a problem. In fact, it's part of the reason that the VHC, the Health Connect, didn't work very well because mm -hmm. everybody thought, oh, this is a chance to do both Obamacare uh, here in the state and upgrade from access to something and integrate them, mm -hmm. and they overreached. Uh, they got too close to the sun on that one, mm -hmm. uh, which is too bad. But uh, I'm sympathetic to the, those issues about what types of software, but I'm more interested in the state getting its act together on IT broadly. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to move on here, uh, and uh, Doug, uh, EB-5 uh, certainly was in the news. We uh, had T.J. Donovan here in an earlier uh, program intimate that he is forwarding something along the lines of 2.5 million documents to the auditor of accounts or something or the secretary of state. Do you feel that the state and the auditor of accounts is doing everything it can to get to the bottom of this and make sure that this type of fraud can never happen again? Well, I'll answer the question after we've completed the audit. Mm -hmm. uh, we've begun. Uh, they have been shipping us information regularly now for a month or two. It's immense. There's a lot of it. Uh, there's another tranche or two coming in in the next week or so. Uh, I, I'd rather not say much about it until we look at all the material. But can, so can you not tell me now where you think the breakdown was? I can tell you in general what people already know. And I know this from my own experience because I came here, as I mentioned before we came on air, mm -hmm. I came to City Hall in the 80s to work in CEDO. And CEDO, the Community and Economic Development Office, was created effectively out of the rib of planning and zoning because they knew that you couldn't do advocacy and regulatory work at the same time. Mm. That's a conflict. Mm. Here, the state decided to have its own EB-5 office, which was understandable. They wanted to promote development in the Northeast Kingdom and in other parts of the state. But they didn't see that there would ultimately be that conflict. You can't be an advocate and a regulator at the same time. So that was a problem. Mm. And I think it, it left them unprepared to respond as they might have if they were purely regulators as opposed to promoters. Mm. Beyond that, I, there's nothing more to say. Okay, very good. Uh, Marina Brown, do you uh, feel comfortable that uh, the auditor of accounts and uh, the other uh, entities in state government are doing everything they can to uh, be transparent about what 
went on, what went wrong, and that this will not happen again? I think they're, I think they're uh, suitably cautious about coming, about announcing results before uh, um, the studies are done. It's a lot of data lo to look through. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think anyone could 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 say everything in a judici judici judicious manner about what happened until a lot of research had been done. What I see is a hole in the ground in Newport when I go by. I think a lot, a lot of people um, believed what seemed to me like a like a like a, a scam from the beginning. You know, we, we're going to build this uh, great thing in the middle of Newport with the uh, EB5 investment. It, if, if the thing is look, sounds too good to be true, it probably is, <laughs> and that's what it sounded like to me when it started. I wish some leveler heads had prevailed in saying no to that. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll continue on here. The auditor's office recently investigated the state's prescription drug benefit programs. Um, do you know about those uh, those findings? I uh, do not. Marina? Okay, uh, Doug. So we'll bring this to you. Can you speak about those findings and what they have uh, yeah, uncovered? We uh, we did engage an outside uh, crew of people. This is immensely complicated. This whole subject. Um, the pharmacy benefit managers. Uh, there's only a few of them left in the country that are that are substantial. They're Fortune 100 companies. That's mm -hmm. how big they are. Yeah. And I think each year now it's up to about 25 or 30 million dollars just for state employees. This is not for Medicaid, uh, which is even bigger probably. But uh, we were interested in whether the Department of Human Resources, for its part, was m properly monitoring and overseeing the work of the so-called PBM. In part because we had seen reports by um, vendors they had hired to look into this for them. And they claimed that ESI, Express Scripts, now I think they've merged with somebody else, owed the state millions of dollars. Mm and no serious effort had been made to collect that money. And in part, I think it's because the contract, if you were to see it, you'd, you'd, your eyes would glaze over. It's immensely complicated. Uh, the, the whole arrangement is challenging because it's based on the PBM having a relationship with manufacturers and not telling you what they're actually paying for the drugs they're yes. selling or, or providing through pharmacies. And now they have their own pharmacies online. It's, it's, it's challenging. Furthermore, the legislature, for reasons I'm not sure about, uh, allowed the PBM to decide what parts of that contract could be considered proprietary. One of them is the so-called spread, which is basically their profit. They have to report it to the Department of Financial Regulation and to DHR, but they can't even give it to the legislature. Now, we saw that information as part of the audit. I can't you know, disclose it, but it's a lot of money. Uh, anyway, the DHR Human Resources just went through an RFP process. I think they're near signing a contract with the new guys. We'll see how it goes. I think they uh, are going to take the findings of this report very seriously and make some improvements. It, uh, it, it's an indictment uh, about our, our, our prescription uh, drug uh, policies here in the state, not uh, to mention just the country in general. It's, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the country. Uh, medicine should not be... Uh, a for-profit for, for uh, venture the way it is in the United States. Um, uh, and, and drug prices should be transparent. There should be no, no, uh, no non-disclosure um, things. And I believe if, if a drug company does not fulfill its duty in helping the people rather than making profits, we should consider nationalizing it for the good of the people. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, on a related subject, real sure. quick, um, several years ago, uh, a fellow working in my office and I became interested in the fact that if you go to the doctor and say, well, I think I need these procedures or it's recommended by your physician, they can't tell you how much it's going to cost. Mm -hmm. In no other part of your life do you commit to spending perhaps thousands and thousands of dollars without knowing what it might cost. Mm -hmm. So price transparency in healthcare is required in statute. Uh, but they haven't gotten around to it. So we did some work and we uh, asked the legislature and the Green Mountain Care Board to focus a little more attention on this. We made some progress now. The two major insurers on their websites provide some information about what procedures cost at different hospitals around the state, but a lot more needs to be done. Uh, Doug, as auditor of accounts, again, your uh, job is to ensure that government funds are used for the purposes intended by law. Recently, uh, the state treasurer found some one-time monies to help for the cleanup uh, with uh, the state's waterways. Is that a problem with efficiency, that those monies are actually there? I mean, shouldn't Vermonters be expecting that our government is operating at its utmost efficiency as possible, so that that money, in a sense, isn't there? I mean, I'm sorry, you're breaking. You're breaking up. No, of course, <laughs> of course we should. But I should. But to be clear, I'm pretty sure that what the treasurer Beth Pierce did in consultation with some other people is identify some options. One of them, for the short term, actually was to use capital funds. That's what it was. It wasn't laying around. Right. What they did, in effect, is say for the next couple of years. I think it was two, two starting years. last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, they agreed as they considered longer-term solutions to tap into the capital funds. Now what that does, th that money's already there. Mm -hmm. The legislature authorizes a certain amount of borrowing each year for prisons, roads, bridges, and so forth. Uh, I think they decided to divert some of that money to the lake. I'm not sure they had a plan as exactly to how to use it yet, but it wasn't, unless I'm mistaken, technically laying Do around. Do you think that's the accurate and the appropriate uses of those dollars? Well, the lake is, is deserves all the attention we can give it. Whether it should be capital funds as opposed to another source of funding, uh, I'll leave for the legislature and the governor, mm -hmm. but uh, that should not be a long-term solution. No, we that money is intended for capital projects. Okay. And while the lake is everyone's concern, capital monies are not intended initially for that purpose. So. Uh, capital funds for cleanup of the lake, what's the long-term solution? Uh, and uh, obviously it's not coming out of the Auditor of Accounts office, but the Auditor obviously has some role in uh, defining that the monies be used effectively. Yes, yes. I mean, as far as cleanup, I'm, I'm for uh, funding them more with uh, progressive taxes and not, not hitting the poor people hitting the corporations and the most wealthy in the in the state for uh, cleanup mm -hmm. rather than going from capital funds it would be better from income and to be clear if you move 25 million dollars a year from the capital budget to to work on the lake then there's 25 million dollars of capital work that's not going to be done correct and next year whatever was planned for it whether it's a courthouse or a road is going to be more expensive mm -hmm. well uh... At this time, we're going to ask for closing statements. We have uh, a little bit of time, so Marina will uh, begin with you. Uh, this is an opportunity to sum up your candidacy, why you're running, and what you see uh, the challenges of the state are and your candidacy can perhaps uh, solve. Well, my candidacy, again, is about transparency. I see a, a number of problems within the uh, state, the prisons, the police, and public records. I've, I've done a number of public records requests that I've ha been asked for thousands of dollars to see the training uh, 
from uh, from one police department. I appealed it, and it ended up being two dollars and eighty nine cents. But they tried to um, to charge me three thousand dollars for a bunch of spreadsheets. Um, there needs to be a lot of attention on the prison system. I think there is no level of scrutiny that that. Uh, uh, should not be spare, focused on Centurion. I, I think that some very bad things have been done there. I've helped people in prisons who are not getting health care, and there's a lot of money being poured into the prisons, and people aren't getting health care. Um, if you want somebody who will look at the hard spots in Vermont, that's me, and I would use the Office of Auditor as a bully pulpit rather, rather than what it exactly everything it's supposed to be. I would be exposing as much data as I could and I would start to create a portal as has been done but I would expand that more to any public records would be put on a portal and a portal does not have to be very expensive. I'm a former uh, data professional and I understand that you can create a data portal that puts just plain text data or PDFs for a few thousand a year or less. Um, that's if you wanted to see somebody who would dig into problems and expose them, more of a adversarial uh, manner than Doug has done, then I'm your person. Okay, very good. Marina Brown, thank you. Doug Hoffer, your closing statements. Well, first let me say I'm very sympathetic and in fact we're working on something that I think you would appreciate in the office. Uh, in the course of our work we often uh, do risk assessments before we initiate an audit. So we need to learn something about the program that's under consideration. Sometimes you can find a lot of information on a department's website, sometimes not. So my assistant is working very hard to collect all that information. We're going to present it to the various departments and agencies and say, these guys have all their performance data, all their contracts, everything you could want is there. These guys, almost nothing. What's, what's the problem? Yeah. Um, again, to, so I appreciate that and share your concern for transparency. Uh, as I said at the outset, I enjoy the job. I think we're adding value. Uh, there's a lot more work to be done, um, and I look for people to support me. Very good. My thanks to uh, uh, Marina uh, Brown and to uh, Doug Hoffer for joining us here this evening. And a reminder that uh, Richard Kenyon, while he was not here uh, at the table this evening, his name is on the ballot, and you can vote for him up until uh, and including Tuesday, November 6th, Election Day. For a complete calendar of upcoming candidate forums, please visit our website, a website at ch17.tv and do join us Tuesday, November 6th at 7 p.m. for complete election results here at Town Meeting Television. For all of us at Channel 17, I'm Matt Kelly. Thank you for watching. Good night.